as parts of the world begin to shut down, as self-isolation is taking place during this coronavirus pandemic, you may be thinking, I can't do this. I can't be trapped in my house. But today we're going to profile a couple stories that show what happens when you do leave your house. So while you may be fuming mad that you're stuck at home, or you might live in a country where this isn't a problem, I don't. But if you are trapped in your house, I want you to reflect on these four stories and go, Man, I sure am glad I'm staying at home listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I am sick. I do not have the coronavirus. I do not. I might have a coronavirus, but I don't have COVID-19. I have a bit of a head cold. I feel a lot better than I did the other day. My bones are no longer aching. Sabine's pretty sure I had a fever last night because I was like, man, it's so hot in here. Windows open. (laughs) I'm standing in front of a fan. It's Oregon in March. It was like 50 degrees. I'm like, oh, why is it so hot? She's like, because you have a fever. I'm like, no, I don't. But all the only thing I'm battling right now is some congestion. My nose is stuffed up. I have a bit of chest congestion, but I have no problem breathing. I'm totally fine. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you've heard this voice before because I get sinus infections quite commonly. So I know what the effects are. However, just to let you guys know, I am in a hot zone. They're shutting down all schools in Oregon. We've had outbreaks in the Dalles, which is 30 minutes one direction. We had outbreaks in Hillsboro, which is about an hour in the other direction. It's most likely that COVID-19 is here. So I'm taking the steps to self-isolate myself for a while so I don't get infected or I don't infect others. And that's where we're at right now. I don't, And, and obviously, guys, if my health situation changes, I will go to the emergency room. Like if I... If I stop, if I have trouble breathing, I'll go to the emergency room. But I feel better today than I have yesterday or the day before. I apologize, too. This episode's coming out late. But, again, I'm sick. Um, But I want to keep a sense of normality going on here. So I'm getting better. Even though this episode is about a day late, I wanted to get an episode out for you guys. I know a lot of people are scared. Don't be. Now, I often say I'm an old man. I'm 43 years old. I've lived through all this stuff. To be fair, I have never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, I know there are people in World War II that remember, like, stuff shutting down. But I didn't serve in World War II or was alive. But at the same time, this is temporary. Just keep yourself healthy and don't spread it to others. Like, that's the key thing. Like, I'm not worried about getting it myself. It's it's possible that what I have right now is is it, but it's so low. I'm one of the 80% that it doesn't really affect, and I'm getting better. Because a lot of my friends have been getting the flu. The flu is kind of working its way through town, which it's the flu in March. Could be the flu, could not be the flu. But I'm feeling better. If I start to feel worse, I will go and go to the emergency room, but I don't foresee that happening. All that being said, that's kind of rambly, but I just want to let you guys know that I'm going to continue to do this podcast. We're going to go back to our regular schedule starting Monday. I don't want you guys to panic, but I think you guys should be prepared. I have stocked up on food um, just in case the store starts shutting down. So let's go ahead, though. Actually, and before we go any further, let's thank our newest Patreon supporter, 
our pandemic Patreon supporter, Charlotte Renee. Thank you, Charlotte, for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Especially now, because I'm not going to be going to work for a couple days. And I haven't gone to work for a couple days. So the Patreon support does help in those moments where I need a little bit of extra cash. So I really, really appreciate that, Charlotte, and all other Patreon supporters. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine. Get the word out about the show. That really helps a lot. Getting new listeners for the show helps really just as much as new Patreon supporters. Um, but I really, really appreciate uh, both both of you guys, both groups of you. So let's go ahead and move on to our first story now here. Now, all of these stories, the theme is stay inside. Don't go, don't, these, all these stories are going to make you scared to go outside. First off, Charlotte, we're going to toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We are flying out to Churchton, Maryland. It's February 18th, 2020. And there's this woman named Katie Peters. She's just gotten done shopping. She's putting her shopping cart away. Makes that noise when the, that satisfying noise when metal hits metal. Goes in. That's a pretty good sound effect. Thank you complimenting myself now and as she's getting ready to leave a man walks into the grocery store now that's not suspicious men often walk into grocery stores it's not going to raise any alarm bells but when he passes her she feels a ow pinch poke on her butt cheek ow and as the man passes by her he looks at her and says quote i know it feels like a bee sting doesn't it what in the world? Just some weirdo walking by. She goes out to her car, puts her groceries in the car, driving away. Now, she's driving down the road, and surprise, surprise, her butt cheek starts to hurt. Ow, ow, man, right right where that mysterious guy passed me and made a reference to a bee sting and me getting poked, that same area hurts now. Hmm, very curious, she thinks to herself. She ends up, like, feeling kind of woozy. Now, I think this is exaggerated. I think she's probably a hypochondriac. Because what we're gonna learn, I what we're what we're gonna learn happened does not make you go, oh, oh no, where am I going? It's not. You know, maybe the guy was high dosed on LSD. But I'm getting ahead of myself. She's driving down the road. She calls up her son, and she's like, "I don't. I think I'm gonna die. I love you so. I guess I should be mocking that part. But she's like, "Oh no! If I don't make it home, I love you. I love you so much, son." The son's like sitting at home playing Fortnite, being like, "What?" Like, what in the world? That would be the worst call to get from your mom or any human. You get a call in the middle of the night or you're just playing your Fortnite and it's, oh no, I don't know if I'll be able to make it home. Terrifying. But she does make it home. And she does go to the doctor and she has a little poke in her butt. So she calls the cops and she's very suspicious. Obviously, she's like, that's weird. I didn't have that one. I didn't have that needle puncture when I woke up. I didn't sleep on a bed of needles. The cops end up like being like, yeah, that's pretty suspicious. The guy's saying something. If the guy hadn't said anything, it's funny now to think about it. He probably wouldn't have gotten caught. They review the footage. They see this dude. They um, track him down. His name is Thomas Bry- Bryon Steeman, which is, which is quite ironic. It's probably pronounced Stemmen, and it's not ironic at all. But Steeman, 51 years old, he, when they pull him over, he has two hypodermic needles. He has one in his pocket. One in his car, both of them filled with semen. Steaming semen, to be precise. So it's a weird fetish, right? This guy, like, has a fet. We've done episodes on this in the past. Not this particular dude. But it, there's, a, there's a fetish called, like... It's the, I don't know the exact word, but basically you stab women in the butt. 
with either knives or needles. What episode? That was the episode The Maniacs of England. I, and I really like that episode. Listen to that in your self-isolation. That's a good one. That's pretty funny. But there's a fetish. There's a fetish called fraudaging where you rub up against women. I mean, I guess you can do it to dudes too, but it's mostly dudes who have the fetish. They're doing it towards women. If you do it to a guy, it's still a, it's still a crime. And it's still called fraudaging, but generally it's a male-driven fetish. Fraudaging is where you rub up against someone against their will. And then there's one where you prick them with a needle or a knife. Which, if, if you... If I have a choice, if you pull out a sewing needle or a stiletto knife, I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll take the needle. But not this guy's needle. Not a needle full of steam and semen. Because that's gross, right? So apparently he was walking around, he poked her in the butt and injected semen into her. Now, I'm sure it would hurt. And I'm sure it would cause an infection. And I'm sure it's like super gross. And right now you guys are drinking milk and you're like, damn it, Jason. I was just about to eat my yogurt too. Well... It is gross. I don't think if someone injected you with semen in your butt cheek, you'd be like, oh, man, totally. I don't know if I'm going to make it home. Like, unless she's allergic to semen. And the fact that she has a son probably means that she isn't. But again, maybe if it's injected right into the muscle tissue, maybe it does cause you to, like, trip out. Which, if that's the case, would be an amazing new drug. So there you go. That's one reason to stay home. Someone might poke you in the butt with some semen. Now, you may be going... Jason, that's an extreme example, plus I'm not a woman in Churchton, Maryland, plus this guy was arrested, so what do I have to worry about? I'm going to work, and I'm going to say, listen, dude, do not go to work. Charlotte, let's fire up that carpenter copter again. We're headed out to Perm, Russia. We're defying all travel bans. The military is hot on our heels. We're releasing chaff. All that aluminum stuff. We're just throwing aluminum foil out in the back. Missiles are still hitting us. We're going to fly, relieve U.S. territories, the F-18s. They don't know what to do. We're headed to Perm, Russia. The year is 1989, and it's 1 in the morning. Now, this story we don't have an exact date on. But, so usually that means it's made up. But not all the time. Not all the time. What happened was in 1989... We had the fall of the Soviet Union, for the most part, it was starting to crumble, at least. And you had information finally leaving the Soviet Union. I have this website called thinkaboutitdocs.com. It's not mine, but I go to it all the time. Every UFO sighting by year. It's been a fascinating resource for me. But 1989, when I just recently did went through 1989 and found all the great stuff from there, massive amounts of stories coming from former Soviet bloc countries. And it was weird, because I didn't, in 1986, 87, 88, you know how to count. I did a couple years in a row, and it was standard thing in Kansas, thing in Argentina, thing in Europe. Not a lot of stuff coming from Russia, Soviet Union, stuff like that. But in 1989, you finally had all this media pouring out from behind the Iron Curtain. And a ton of stories coming out in 1989. We're in Perm, Russia. You go, Jason... I'm not afraid. I have to start the gimmick again because I got sidetracked. You're saying, Jason, we're hopping off the carpenter copter. I'm not afraid of being outside. I don't care if someone tries to stick me in the butt. I wear a pan, a metal a metal pan in my pants like I'm a Donald Duck cartoon. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to work. And then I put my hand on your shoulder and I push your head over. And you're like, have you washed your hands recently, you sick dude? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I move your face over. Not your face. I move your whole head. And we're looking at... A female security guard. She's working in Russia in 1989. Her job is to... It's like he, she's a security guard for a local 
garage, like a uh, parking garage. So you have like a parking structure. You know, you know what a garage is, right? I'm trying to think of it. What's the term for it? The concrete one with all the cars in it and stuff like that. So this woman, let's call her Mary. She's a security guard at this garage. She's just doing her business. Uh, she's reading a magazine or something like that. I don't know. The specifics don't matter. The lead up to it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that Mary's sitting there. She has a dog. And she's sitting in her little police booth. Damn it, a little guard booth. Apparently, I've given her a promotion. Now she's a member of law enforcement. There's a glowing red light in the garage. And it's like a parking garage, right? So she can't really see what it is. She can't really see around the corner. And she's like, what? Looking at that? I don't know. I'm going to keep reading my magazine. And then she hears someone say, come into the garage. She looks over, she sees the red light. And then she's thinking, wait a second, someone didn't say that over there. She realizes the voice came from inside her booth. And she looks down, came from her dog. The dog looks at her and goes, come into the garage. She sees it say that to him, and she hears it. And she starts laughing hysterically, because she is... She doesn't know what to make of it. She thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And then she realizes, wait a second, dogs can't talk. And at that point, the dog bites her sleeve and begins to drag her towards the red light. When she gets into that part of the garage, she sees what she describes as transparent people. So she can see right through. You know what transparent is, right? She sees the outline, but she can see right through them. And her dog's just sitting there next to her, not talking now. Not when it really is necessary. The dog needs to say something, being like, look out. The dog's just sitting there. She goes, she looks at these, and she goes, you're not people. You're not people, right? And they say, quote, yes, we are not people. And we have come for you. All of a sudden, a powerful vibration goes all over her body. I love this. This is a line from the story. This is something that could only happen in Russia. In a true Russian twist of the story, it, it notifies us that the vibration is so powerful, her fur hat flies off of her head. Nowhere else in the world would a UFO encounter involve a fur hat. But this one, whoa, fur hat flies off the head. And then she realizes, in the blink of an eye, she's in another building across the street. No dog around. When she goes back to her guard post, uh, several hours have passed. And this is this story has an interesting ending. She obviously realizes something was off, right? First she thinks it's a dream, but then when she's like, wait a second, all these hours have passed. What was I doing in this other building? She's perplexed. She's trying to find her fur hat. She ends up going to a hypnotist to do the regression, to see if she can remember what happened in those hours. And according to this account, she... Did it for a couple minutes, 20 minutes while they were doing this hypno- this hypnosis. And she goes, nope, I'm done. I don't want to know anymore. I'm done. She gets up and leaves. This is an interesting point. It's interesting that they specifically came there for her, that they used the dog to speak to her. A lot of times aliens will use telepathy, which I guess that's what it was. But she heard the dog talking. I'm also curious how the dog sounded. Did it sound like Scooby-Doo? Or did it sound like Goofy? But... It's all around interesting, but the fact that she finally had a chance to figure out what had happened in those hours, I'm sure it had been very, very troubling to her to lose that much time and not know why. 
And then halfway through the hypnotic regression, she just gives up. So what did she see? What did she experience? What did those aliens do to her? We will never know. She probably experiences it in dreams or nightmares every so often. But we'll never know. But we do know this. That that wouldn't happen if she had stayed at home and self-isolated. She would have just been hanging out at home. And that dog would have abducted somebody else. Unless, although for this story, I guess the aliens were specifically looking for her. So, I mean, maybe that doesn't fit the theme. But but I know. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You don't live in Russia. You don't have a dog. You're not a security guard. <laughs> you're, you're, you don't listen to dogs that give you commands because your name is last name isn't Berkowitz. I get it. Still, don't don't leave. Don't leave your house because I still have more stories to convince you in this extra long episode. This one's going to run long. It was late anyways. Don't leave your house because if you think that, oh, I don't live in Russia, or that you don't go into grocery stores because you grow all of your food like a big old weirdo, like a big old hippie weirdo, and you don't go into grocery stores, do you travel? Let's fire up the Carpenter Copter again. Actually, you know what? Let's put the brakes on the Carpenter Copter. Let's get in the Jason Jalopy because this next story takes place on the road. We're going to Camden County, Missouri. And it's February 25th, 2020. And we're driving to the Jason Jalopy, and we're just following a couple cars. We're having fun. We're listening to my Britney Spears mixtape. We're driving to the road. Now, we see in front of us a pickup truck that has what's known as deer stickers on it. I kept seeing that in the article. This truck has deer stickers on it, which makes me think it's like deer tags, like they're allowed to hunt. I know nothing about hunting. I know barely anything about deers. But either this guy had like hunting tags, meaning he could shoot deers in the face, or had so many stickers, like animated stickers of deers, like comically large deers on his car that it was easily identified. Or both, maybe? Anyways, there's a truck driving in front of us with deer stickers on it. And there, we see it. It's kind of weird looking, right? I mean, aside from all of the deer memorabilia, the wheels are just giant hooves that rotate, <laughs> tearing up the pavement. The truck itself is an actual carved out deer with an engine in its chest. That's just ridiculous, Jason. That was that the coronavirus has taken over your brain. We're watching this truck. It seems suspicious. It used to be alive. It used to be a four-legged animal. It is following another car. So in that car, this is getting this is getting confusing. Okay, whatever. There's a woman driving on the road. There's a there's a woman driving down the freeway on February 25th, 2020, and a truck drives up alongside of it, and the driver looks in at her and then speeds off like takes off super super fast and she's like oh, that's kind of weird and then she's continuing to go down the highway she gets to a point where she sees that truck is pulled over and she passes the truck and the dude is standing outside of the truck masturbating and she's like oh my god that is so not what i expected maybe the truck broke down or something like that maybe he saw a deer and was gonna kill it but she calls the cops cops are like that is quite suspicious and criminal so we will take care of that shortly afterwards the cops get another phone call this woman says she's driving down the highway she sees a truck driving the opposite direction. The truck then makes a U-turn and begins following her. What? That's weird. It's also weird that it's furry and it looks like a giant deer. The truck passes her. Okay, well, at least it's out of my way. Maybe he forgot something. Maybe he had to go to the grocery store or go to his job in Russia. Who knows? She just sees him make a U-turn and then pass her. And then she sees the truck pulled over the side of the road. Well, that's weird. She drives past it. The dude is masturbating. So at this point, they have I believe these both take place in the same day. 
I mean, this guy definitely has a problem, right? I mean, I guess even if it took place months apart, he has a problem. But the police are now on the lookout for a masturbating man driving a van that may or may not be made out of a deer carcass. They catch him, surprise, surprise, at the local Walmart. His name is Logan Hopwood. He's 20 years old. Now, the best thing about this story, that's horrible. Like, flashing people, masturbating in front of people. It's crime. It's public indecency. It's gross. No one wants to see that. But the best part about the story was, is, it was when this dude gets nabbed by the cops. So, when he gets down to the police station, the cops go, Listen, we have a report of you driving past a woman, pulling over, masturbating as she drove past. What? No way. I would never do that. That's ridiculous. Absolutely not. And they're like, well, do you have an alibi? And he goes, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend was leaving work, and I was following her. I didn't pull over. I had to get home, you know, with my girlfriend, even though we took separate cars for some bizarre reason. We hate the environment, and we want to burn as much gas as possible. And the cops go, okay, we can check that alibi. And at this point, he's probably like, oh. Or maybe not. Maybe he's so stupid that he just figures that, you know, his girlfriend's going to lie, or the cops are going to just forget about the cases they're leaving the interrogation room to the phone and be like what was i doing i don't know and then they start investigating something else and he sneaks out they call up the girlfriend and say hey was he following you home easy alibi to check she says no no we took totally we're totally different routes okay they go back in there and they go so your girlfriend says you're lying he's like dang it he was like leaving card games and little electronic devices around, hoping to, like, confuse the detectives on their way out. They're like, oh, look at all of these seeds. I better count each one. <laughs> the, the cops are vampires. I have to count all these seeds before I do anything, and he sneaks out. But anyways, they come back in. That doesn't work. They go, that, your alibi didn't wash. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about something else. So, you're right. You're right. I did pull over, and I did pull my penis out, but I was just peeing at the side of the road. So... I was driving and I looked over and I saw this woman and then I go, oh no, I drank a bunch of water. And so I sped up because I was trying to find a place where I could go in the bushes to urinate. And the cops are like, okay, okay, you're being honest with us. It's possible, right? Some woman drives by at 60 miles an hour. She sees a guy relieving himself in the bushes, which is still a crime. If you are ever like, oh, I'm so drunk, I have to pee outdoors. You can get arrested for public indecency. You can be a registered sex offender for urinating in public. So don't do it. That's another reason not to go outside. Another reason to self-isolate. So you don't become a convicted sex offender. But anyway, so he's like, I was peeing. And the cops are like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the man and the woman exchange looks. She got a weird, funny feeling from him. If the next time she sees him, his pants are down and he has his penis in his hand, sure, she might think that he's masturbating. That explains the first story. However, police say, (laughs) <laughs> a time later, another woman says that you busted a U-turn, drove past her, pulled onto the side of the road, and was masturbating. And his response was, oh yeah, that second time, totally masturbating. Oh, no, 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 that one was legit. I just didn't think anyone could see me. So his alibi for the first one worked. His alibi, his alibi for the second one was like, oh no, the second time, oh, I was totally masturbating. I thought I was enough in the bushes that no one would see me, but I really needed to, to get a little relief, you know? So he was arrested. No bail. So he's locked up, which nowadays it's a lot harder to get no bail. He's uh, two felony charges of sexual misconduct. And then the next sentence, I'm like, that's weird, no bail for, you know, pulling it out, whipping it out. 
He's a registered sex offender, so this guy definitely has some issues, some deep... Obviously, the masturbating in public showed deep-seated issues, but this has been an ongoing thing for him. He's only 20, too. This guy's going to have a real, real hard life. Real hard life going ahead. If he can't get this stuff under control. So, yeah. Another reason why you should stay inside (laughs) sex predators. Sex predators may masturbate as you drive by. And possibly, if you're going slow enough, onto your car itself. So, that's gross, right? You're like, no, it's pretty cool. I got all these needles in my car, these hypodermic needles. Now I don't have to fill it myself. I have a plethora of needles ready to go. But you're not a supervillain, I'm hoping. You don't have needles. Another reason why not to leave your house. Because someone might masturbate in front of you. So that's another reason. So if alien abductions don't get it, masturbating menaces don't get it, steam and semen, you're still ready to take the risk of going outside. Because you know why? You have a friend. And you, we're friends. Me and you, we are friends. That's one thing I want to keep this podcast. I wanted to get this episode out today. Because this friendship, mine and yours, is important. And I want to keep the normalcy going in these troubling times. But you go, your metaphorical friendship aside, Jason, yes, we're friends, but you exist in the audio realm. I've never met you. I have a real friend. Oh, I have a real friend. And that's the one thing all these stories lacked. Everyone was solo. I have a buddy. I'm allowed to go outside because I have a friend. Well, friend traitor who's this other person you've been hanging out with hmm? Hmm? do they listen to dead rabbit radio because if they also listen to dead rabbit radio then i'm totally fine with you seeing someone on the side but let's take a look at somebody else who had a friend and went outside i like to call this story he was a good friend to the end <laughs> we're going off to wadley alabama December 4th, 1989. Taking the Jason Jalopy. We're just driving out there. We're nice countryside. Autumn leaves are falling. Beautiful, beautiful sight. And we meet two hunters. They're both hunting deer. Ironically, I didn't plan that. So we could probably ask them about deer stickers, but we're not going to. We're going to stay hidden in the shrubs while we watch this play out. So this dude and his buddy are walking through the woods. And we'll call the we'll call the main guy Lucas. Lucas is walking through the woods with his buddy Gary. And they haven't really caught any deer. They haven't really blown shot bullets or anything's brains. They're kind of disappointed. They wanted to see dead animal carcasses before they went home. But they didn't. And because of that, the long winter will starve their families. But for now, they can't think about that. Just have to keep hunting for deer. And Lucas sees his buddy Gary walking a bit in front of him, and then Lucas turns. Something prompts him to turn and look somewhere else. It's late afternoon, too. I didn't tell you that. I just looked back at my notes. It's late afternoon. He's still got plenty of time to shoot deer. He turns and he looks off, and he sees 80 feet away from both of them three gray aliens standing in the forest. A terrifying spot to run into aliens anywhere. If you run into aliens in your house, you have home field advantage. You know where all your knives are, where your samurai swords are, where your giant walking sticks are, your baseball bats. My house is decked out. If any any alien ever appears in my house, they're getting completely... I'm going to have to dispose of a problem. I wonder if you can throw an alien in a wood chipper. 
Or we would just gum it up with your alien guts. I guess we'll find out this weekend when they try to abduct me. But anyways, in a forest, it's super spooky. I have a fear of forest, so maybe you're just like, dude, these guys are armed. They know the forest. They know the forest better than you know your apartment. Well, maybe, maybe. I just find forest spooky because there's like trees everywhere. You look up. You can't see anything. If you look, you know, in any other direction other than you look down, you can't see anything. just see dirt. If you look in any other direction, it's just a bunch of things blocking your view. So behind every tree can be a, a predator. In the uh, tree, like branches and stuff, there could be like predators, like bobcats and stuff like that. Mountain lions. And uh, I don't like it. I like to be able to look in directions. and it, I, I would much rather be trapped in a desert with, with ample food and water. But I like to be in flat places where I can just kind of look around. I can walk down the street, no problem. But walking through a forest, mm-mm, nope. Not at all. Even a trail going through a forest, I'm real iffy on. But anyways, my paranoia aside, there's three gray aliens standing in the forest, right? Which is pretty spooky. You're like, Jason, it's not spooky. You're trying to convince us. I mean, yeah, it's kind of spooky, but three gray aliens are spooky anywhere. It's not spookier. It's a, it's a December afternoon. The people are walking through the forest. There's like just tr- leaves everywhere. And there's three gray aliens. That's not any scarier than a parking garage. See, to me it is. Absolutely is. A parking garage, at least I figure I have a fighting chance. Because everything's flat. Right? Because, you know, like the garage is uh, has ground. But in a forest, there's like tree roots. Plus, it would really suck if you're like outrunning an alien. And let's be honest, I'm never outrunning an alien. That's why I have to stand and fight. But let's say I defeat the alien and then a mountain lion gets me, or a bear. Or what if I beat the alien up and I throw the alien to the side and behind the alien is a baby bear and I'm like, great. And then the mama bear gets me. I don't have to worry about that stuff in a parking garage, maybe in Russia, because there's bears everywhere. But let's get back to the actual story here. Lucas is standing there. He sees these gray aliens 80 feet away from both of them. Gary doesn't notice them at all. Gary's still walking through the forest. And Lucas... (gasps) He goes to say something to his buddy, like, look out, there's a bunch of gray aliens around. And he gets a telepathic message, quote, keep your mouth shut. So apparently these aliens belong to the mafia. They're like doing the th- the slit throating thing. But because of their anatomy, their, th- their, their throat is in their stomach. And they're like running their finger across the stomach. Lucas is like, what? What does that mean? And he's like, it means keep your mouth shut, idiot. He also gets the impression that if he says anything to Gary, he gets two impressions. He sees these three gray aliens. They telepathically tell him to keep his mouth shut. And then he says that he gets two impressions. One, if he says anything, he will be harmed. And two, they're not here for Lucas anyways. They're, they're here to kidnap Gary. They're keeping an eye on Gary. They're going to abduct him. Lucas is like, Ugh. Sees three gray aliens standing in the forest in the late afternoon. He's told telepathically keep his mouth shut. He's told, "Don't worry, we're not going to hurt you unless you say something, and then we're <laughs> then we're going to hurt you." And don't worry, we're not here for you anyways. We're here to take your friend. Let's go to this actual excerpt from this website, thinkaboutit.com. Quote: Without saying a word, him and his partner left the area. The beans were described as having big black almond-shaped eyes and about four feet tall. Their skin texture was rough gray. The witness's friend was apparently abducted on a later date. So he didn't say anything. 
He sees these three gray aliens. They're running their finger across their belly. Gotta be quiet. I'll slit your throat. He's like, that's not even where the throat's at. He's like, we know we should have abducted more cows to figure out where the throats were. Doesn't say anything to his buddy. His buddy ends up getting abducted by aliens. Imagine, okay, here's the thing, dude. Like, part of being friends is looking out for each other. Now, to be fair, obviously, like, there are limits to that. If so, I've always told my friends I will never help you dispose of a body. That's just not what I do. I don't help people dispose of bodies. That might seem like a high bar to you, but I grew up in Sacramento, so I mean, I've, yeah, 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 if you've grown, if you've, yeah, so that, you may go, Jason, there's a bunch of stuff I wouldn't do before not helping someone dispose of a body. Yeah, Sacramento gets a little rough in certain areas, but the point, the point is, is this, you gotta be clear with your friends. Now, I don't, I get that Lucas was scared of being harmed by aliens from another dimension or from another planet with technology that far exceeds ours. Trust me, I get that. But at the same time, if some, like, mafioso was like, hey, we're going to catch your friend and we're going to do stuff to him, don't tell him. I'd tell him. I'd be like, hey, listen, like, I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't say anything to you. These guys are looking for you. I mean, that's just, I think that's the type of friend I am. And then he goes, murders them, and he goes, hey, will you help me bury the bodies? I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, you got yourself into that mess. I never told you to murder anybody. If somebody was looking for someone, at my age, I just always say, call the cops. Call the cops. What? No, I can't do it. Just call the cops, man. Like that, when you're younger, you're like, I'll take care of it. Because you think life is a Punisher comic book. But as you get older, you're like, dude, I'm too old to be chasing around three kids, you know, who dissed me. I'm in my 20s, and they're in their 20s, and oh, they talk trash about me. I'm going to go beat them up. I'm too old for that. Too old. I just call the cops now. Hey, and I know a couple cops in or whatever. Just call up their cell phone number. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I got this dude messing with me. So I've gotten to that. I've gotten to that age. But, um, yeah, what a terrible friend. Like, you have to imagine that Lucas still feels really bad about it. And you honestly would feel worse about it if Gary gets abducted by aliens and then is one of those cases where he doesn't remember. So, you're Lucas, you're hanging out with with Gary, and it's like poker night at the house. And Gary's like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go hit the head, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And Lucas is like, oh, yeah, no problem, dude. I'll just sit here with my poker cards and prepare for you to come back. And Gary leaves. And then, like, four hours pass. Lucas gets up. After about 15 minutes, Lucas gets up, knocks on the door. Sees a red glowing light. Coming from the bathroom. Uh. An hour later, he checks on him, opens the door. There's no one in the bathroom. He looks all over the house. Gary's completely gone. He's sweating. Lucas is sweating bullets now. He's like, "Uh uh-oh. Should I have warned him about those? Uh, I guess it's too late for that. Oh, man, I hope they don't do anything so horrible. He goes to calm down. He turns on the news. It's like Fox alien autopsy. He's like, ah, mutilated cow reports. It's like, oh, dang it. And then after about four hours, he hears a noise in the bathroom. He goes in there and Gary's like, uh, what? What happened to me? I went into the bathroom and then um, I just was sitting, still sitting here. And then Lucas is like, oh, no, he has lost time. He's like changing all the clocks. It's like, no, no, no. Only two minutes have passed. Why is my food so cold? Ah, because uh, it's French, and it's like, uh, I put it in the fridge while you were gone. And then he has to he spends the rest of his life changing all the clocks around Gary so he never realizes he lost four hours of time. Or, and that's pretty, pretty insane, or Gary just magically appears 
and does realize he lost four hours of time. And Lucas is like, I don't know, man. Pretty weird. Everyone poops different. You went to poop and you passed out for four hours. Why didn't you call the cops? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, everyone poops different. That's the name of his book he wrote. Everyone poops different. And so, and then Gary would always wonder, like, oh, I wonder what happened during that time period. And Lucas would know the truth. Lucas would know the truth. He was abducted by gray aliens. That would actually be the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is Gary gets abducted by aliens. He remembers everything. They're constantly like, where is your throat? And he's like, it's right here. And they start cutting. And they're doing all of these alien things to him. They're probing him. They're pulling stuff off, putting it back together. And he remembers all of it. And he shows back up at Lucas's house. And he's like, uh, the aliens told the aliens told me you saw them in the forest and not to say anything. And you're like those bastard aliens. I kept my mouth shut. Where's my payment for being part of this alien conspiracy? So that would be the worst case scenario that Gary remembers the torture and they also ratted him out, ratted out Lucas, being like, ha, ha, ha. you know, you came close to not getting probed tonight. What do you mean? While your friend Lucas in the woods, he saw us and we told him to keep his mouth shut. No. So that's another reason not to leave your house, right? Because you may find yourself walking through the woods in 1989. And the worst thing about that story is that he, okay, he probably did get abducted while he was at home, Gary. But the worst thing about that story is that you can't even trust your friends, man. You can't even trust your friends. So, you can actually. <laughs> you just can't trust this jerk from Wadley, Alabama. I'm sure you can trust your friends. However, that episode is four reasons why it's okay to be inside for, you know, a couple weeks, right? That's how long we're pretty much going to be trapped in here. They're going to probably start shutting down the city soon in Hood River. So I know it's scary, and I know self-isolation. I'm lucky that I have enough sick time with different places that I work that I can miss days of work, and I'm totally fine. I'm fine with that. So I can self-isolate and keep myself from getting sick and keep other people from getting sick, and we'll just go from there. But as far as supplies go, I have at least probably two weeks worth of food and water, So I'm not too worried about it on that front either. And I have a sneaking suspicion that most of the Hood River is just going to shut down. And all the workplaces are going to be canceled. All the restaurants are going to be closed. I I, I have a feeling that's where we're headed. But for now, I'm just going to use some sick time and take some time off of work. And employers around here are totally fine with that. Because they know I'm sick. They don't want me there anyways. And even when I'm feeling better, they're like, just take some time off. And so I think everything's going to get shut down. But we can't be afraid. This is unprecedented. And that's fair. But this has an ending to it. This isn't something that's just going to keep getting worse and worse. We see that even in Wuhan, even in these other cities, more people have recovered than have it. So there is going to be an end to this. So I don't want you guys to worry. You guys can't panic. But you guys also can't not take it seriously at all. There's a middle ground. And that's where I'm at. I'm just prepared for the worst. I'm stocked up on stuff. I'm using sick time so I don't even have to go into work. And I'm just going to still be putting out episodes. Still talking about what we normally talk about. Aliens and apparently this episode. A lot of masturbation going on in this episode. But then usually that's not the norm. Aliens, ghosts, stuff like that. Is what we'll be talking about. So I'm glad I was able to eventually get an episode out for you guys. I am feeling a lot better. I thank you so much for everyone who hit me up on Twitter and email and YouTube comments. 
talking about wanting me to get better. I want you guys to stay healthy. If you're currently sick, I want you to get better. We will be back next week with uh, more episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio. I will be broadcasting throughout this pandemic, and we will get through it. We will get through it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. I'm very thankful for your patience and have a great weekend and be healthy.